better, smarter, faster. The neural network needed to power the digital ecosystem of healthcare is poised to transform care both inside and outside of hospital walls in traditional care settings. Meaningful data analytics positioned in real time to drive better diagnostics, intelligent operations, seamless care coordination, and integrated telehealth. This is the future of connected healthcare. We talk to the experts about transformational roadmaps for this evolving landscape, what's working, what's needed, and how we get there together. Welcome to Healthcare On Air, presented by Verizon. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare On Air by Verizon. I'm your host, Leah Sims, Marketing Strategy Lead for Verizon's Healthcare and Life Science Practice, joined by a really great partner and friend, uh, James Lewis from 1110 Partners, and my colleague, Gary Lynch, who leads our Healthcare and Life Sciences Practice. Welcome, guys. How are you? Wonderful. It's great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. James, we'll start with you. I think it would be great for everybody to know about 1110. Tell us a little bit 1110. I should tee that up by saying we're going to be talking about the force multiplying power of partnerships today, how important they are. They're certainly a significant part of Verizon's innovation roadmap uh, and yours as well. But uh, for those that don't know about 1110, uh, talk to us about that and how that got started, what your vision and goals are for 1110. A absolutely. And I'll reiterate, thanks for having me here and thanks Absolutely. for everything Verizon does for the industry. You all are uh, clearly leaders in, in making an impact. Uh, in terms of 1110, so uh, first I kind of want to tell a personal story about me and how we got to 1110 because I actually grew up a Crohn's disease patient and, uh, and was really engaged with the healthcare system for many years, whether that was doctor's appointments or uh, blood test or getting infusions. Um, so there was a lot of touch points with healthcare. And really what I saw is that there was massive fragmentation and the way healthcare care and services were rendered. Yeah. Uh, and then I had a background in really corporate innovation and venture capital. And although there was all this money flowing into healthcare on the venture side, it seemed like there was a gap in how these solutions were adopted and how they were actually making an impact on care. Yep. So what 1110 Innovation Partners does is that we power innovation, digital, and commercial programs for healthcare systems, for corporate partners, and for startups. And what that means is, first, we operate an ecosystem where we focus on cross-industry collaboration. We're a big believer that large incumbents in this industry, like Verizon, are going to be who make the impact in care. And so what we try and do is connect companies like Verizon and many of the others we work with to the healthcare systems and to the startups who are doing uh, doing great things. So I'm excited to talk about today that today and talk about some of the use cases that we're working on and uh, and how we've partnered with Verizon to make that a success. Can I tell you, we've been working with you guys for three years and we were on a call with Steve uh, Gertz, your colleague, the other day and it was the first time, I, I, I like the kids say, I was today years old when I learned <laughs> that 1110 stood for one plus one equals, uh, equals 10. Yeah. I didn't really know that's where your name came from, but it's really cool. L listen, I love that part of our story. We're, we're on many calls where we talk about what we do and the folks we're pitching to actually say, well, that's like a one plus one equals three solution. And I always say, well, it's actually a one plus one equals 10 solution. And, uh, and they draw that parallel. Yeah. So very funny. No, that's great. <laughs> a lot of people that. don't know that. I yeah. didn't know that. Three years. I didn't know. There you go. Yeah. Gary, tell us what you do uh, for Verizon. Sure. Uh, global lead for healthcare and life science. So I manage a team of innovation principles. So we're focused on you know, the problems in healthcare. What are the big trends happening? Where can we use our tools, our infrastructure, our partners um, to develop different 
creative, innovative use cases. Yeah, that's great. So we're really going to focus on partnerships today. I think we could unpack a whole lot of things <laughs> across healthcare delivery. Um, what are we seeing in Care Evolution that's really sort of driving the need for multi-stakeholder partnerships? You know, 15 years ago, you might have seen one-off partnerships. We are seeing an increase in ecosystem partners coming together. James, where do you think? Um, what do you think is driving that right now? Um, and and how does this underscore the reality that innovation really truly is a multi-stakeholder proposition, and that there's no one stakeholder that's going to be able to solve for it all? Yeah. It's a great question, and and look, what we're seeing right now is a paradigm shift, and it's and it's driven by two things. One, there is a demand from patients who want better care, access to their information, and they want to better work with their clinician as more of a coach and a partner. And then the second is that we're really at a boom in emerging technology that needs to be adopted, and providers want that to be adopted to to simplify the way they deliver care. Um, But you can kind of sum up what's going on in the shift of care today uh, and and historically has been reactive. So patients go to the doctor, they have a doctor's visit and uh, care is, is provided to them in that episodic event. And really the shift is going from that reactive episodic event to more of a guide event where uh, patients are being guided by their doctors and really the state of utopian healthcare is to get it more collaborative where mm-hmm. real time data is guiding decisions and patients are collaborating with the healthcare system and more broadly the healthcare industry non traditional players are popping up and they can collaborate with those folks to get better care and focus on a on a wellness relationship yeah, Gary, a big part of what your team works on is um, building these partnerships, not only with 1110, but I, I would say a large percentage of your time, right, is yep, really absolutely. spent talking to people in the ecosystem who are actively looking for the right stakeholder partners to right. solve for big problems, right? Uh, absolutely. And I always say, if you really want to help and invoke change in the system, right, James outlined a lot of the, the issues and the evolution that we're having, but you really need to have a seat at the table with all the constituents. So that's why I love what 1110 and, and Verizon have done, you know, in that innovation lab. All the constituents within healthcare, let's bring them all together and, and solve problems. Um, I always say innovation begins with collaboration. Yeah. So Yeah. So our, our um, partnership with you, James, started with a specific ecosystem of partners um, around uh, Emory. But I know you are replicating that, and we can talk about how you're you know, advancing that uh, with other health systems. But what does that look like? What does the model sure. look like that you guys are building? So, you know, that, that goes back to the 1110 story. And I will say we started really thinking we were going to be this collaborative ecosystem only. And we thought it was going to be more of an economic development initiative. Um, And what that evolved to is that not only do we have the right constituents in our ecosystem, we have a database now. We we love our partnership with Emory and it's it's great. We now have a database of about half a million clinicians who are able to participate on our projects. So we really get that full perspective of the the industry. So we've actually evolved to not only uh, facilitating partnerships in the ecosystem, but we actually provide services to help understand problem areas, build out use cases. Uh, And I'm very proud to say that about 60% of our projects, or maybe even more, are multi-parties from across the industry, including partners like Verizon that are bringing these use cases to life. Yeah. Can you give us some examples of those use cases? Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't mention at the beginning, we are actually under construction right now on a new innovation lab that is a partnership with Verizon. 
It's going to be powered with a 5G, a private 5G network, as well as multi-access edge computing. And it's going to have an emerging technology showcase as well as a co-development area so that these end users can come into the lab and collaborate with this emerging technology and really interact with it. Uh, and then we move them back to that co-development area so they can brainstorm ways that that will make an impact into their um, into their area. So the way we're thinking about the, the lab and, and what we're building out is there's going to kind of be three areas. There's going to be a, a, a patient room of the future where you can figure out the roles of the patient room of the future. It'll have everything from virtual scribe to, uh, to streamline the way providers collect information to sensors to diagnostic tools. You'll then have uh, the connected OR or the digital operating room and this is areas that will assist with surgery, uh, assist with analyzing information and images during and before surgery. And then it'll kind of have hospital at home or uh, pretty much everything outside of the hospital, which, uh, which will be all the sensors and all the information being collected. And, um, and so there's several use cases in that, that that we can dig into. But what I'm most proud of is that we have clinicians, we have partners like Verizon, and then we have non-traditional players who aren't typically in healthcare that are coming into that lab and thinking about their role uh, to build out these use cases. Yeah, I was going to ask you about those, those partners. Um, who, who are those stakeholder groups? Who needs to be at the table when you're building something like that? Yeah, so, you know, from a corporate side, really the big players that are critical is the payers. Right. So we have Elevant Health that we work with, uh, work with closely. And if you've been kind of keeping up with what they're doing, they've actually carved out a digital organization where they're focused on getting closer to the patient. And uh, because they are uh, at risk, uh, you know, they, they manage the cost of the patient, they really are incentivized to make these digital tools work and make these collaborations work. In addition to that, we have several pharma companies that are very interested in uh, not just prescribing the, the therapeutics that they develop, but actually prescribing uh, digital therapeutics or, or experiences or building digital tools on top of their therapeutics. And so we work a lot with them to think about once you have that captive audience on those therapeutics, what are those digital tools mean? Um, we also have device companies, um, many of which who are more focused on uh, image analytics or connected OR for, for the different sensors they're doing. Um, but again, none of this is, uh, uh, none of these folks are doing it alone. So we, you know, Epic is a big partner of ours because yeah. everything touches the MR. <laughs> Yep. Um, all of that data. I will also, you know, layer on, there's really, we have roadmaps with all those organizations. Those are the incumbents in healthcare. They are really driving the innovation, but there's also the enabling partners in innovation. And that's really where Verizon comes in because there's not really a use case where a Verizon is not relevant or where cloud computing uh, is not relevant. And so um, what we're starting to see, because you all have done such a good job, is that there's this assumption that connectivity is just there, yeah. right? It's like, you know, it's like we're going to do this use case and connectivity is going to be secure, it's going to be fast, and it's going to do what we need. Well, that's not necessarily the case. We're imagining use cases now where we need infrastructure uh, investments. We need to, to yeah. grow the connectivity. We need that next generation of connectivity to do things like AR, VR for training or you know, remote rehab using ARVR or artificial intelligence compute for massive data sets like genetics. So, um, so these are just some examples where I think we're having to kind of retrain the market on there's the innovation use case and the value, and then there's the enabling 
infrastructure and connectivity to to uh, to make that a reality. Yeah. And that's what I hope our lab is is accomplishing. You know, James, you mentioned something, um, and it reminded me of why I started. Why I came to Verizon, right? Well, you've heard this story, but th this was a while back. This was maybe 12 years ago or so. And, and I saw this physician uh, who developed this five-dimensional body scanning device, right? So 3D, you add time and motion. And he was breaking down folks and in, patients into their genetic level, right? Genetic code, prescribing very specific clinical pathways. And he was having some success with pancreatic cancer. Right. You know, and I remember sitting there uh, and just kind of blown away. Um, it was one of the ACL World Congresses, and I thought to myself, how's this going to be possible, you know, with the infrastructure that we have today in, in all these hospitals? I mean, these are massive, massive files, right? I mean, Pfizer, when they were talking about moving genomic files, they were like, I guess we're going to have to lay down our own fiber from coast to coast. And, 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 and for me, I guess the light bulb went off years later, and I started thinking about, as I started learning about 5G and the possibilities and what it could do, light bulb went off, and I said, ah. The telecoms of the world um, are going to play a big part in the future of healthcare and this whole evolution. Yeah. So that was actually one of the, the, the driving factors for me to, to come over here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard that story, but it, it makes total sense. And I appreciate you sharing. But, um, you know, we like to think of ourselves at 1110 and with the partnership with you guys as a use case factory, because you hear all these stories yeah. that you know, oh, there's funding available if you can prove out impact in rural health. And there's there's funding available if, if you can prove out health equity. Well, we don't want that funding to go to waste. We want to, in our lab, foster those use cases. And, you know, I'll, I'll commend you, Gary, because I know you've been working hard on that Cleveland Clinic partnership that was just announced. And I have no doubt that with a brand like you guys and a name like Cleveland Clinic, there's going to be great things coming out of there which will be a model for scale for the industry. Uh, and that's that's another thing you all bring to the table is, is that scale to be able to get these to the to the right people. Yeah, no, thanks for that. Yeah. We're we're super excited to to be able to you know, put together kind of this innovative roadmap, right? You know, we're starting out and and this is a little passion area of mine when I look at the position the hospitals are in, right? Financially, half of them in the rural areas are are in the red, right? So, I you know, I've kind of challenged my team is like We've talked about all these amazing use cases like Metavis, which is in your, your lab as well, ARVR in the surgical room, some really uh, amazing things. We have to help these hospitals operationally, right? And so yeah. that's kind of like with the Cleveland Clinic, what we're going to focus on first is those operational slash clinical use cases that can really, it, it, it's like, I, I don't know who it was earlier, Leah, that mentioned uh, a CFO that said, there's no innovation without an ROI, right? right? So yeah. no. I yep. want to be able to, to, to provide a good, strong ROI, right? Let's, stop with, let's start with the operational efficiencies. We'll eventually get to having you know, full robotics in the hospitals yeah. and delivering products. Well, we're already doing that to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. But you know, ARVR in the surgical room, uh, remote surgeries, all, all that really interesting and amazing things like this Metavis uh, video that I keep staring at right here. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I obviously there's um, there's a need to help with care orchestration, operational efficiency gains are, are huge. Can you talk about some of the use cases uh, there, James, that are really driving some of that? We love to talk about yeah. the cool factor yeah, ones, no, uh, right? But look, uh, um, let, let me build on what Gary said because um, as as cool as our lab is, and, and there's a need for our lab, there's a need for that collaboration, and, and we love the use cases that I'm about to talk about. You know, sometimes our role as the connector and the collaborator in the ecosystem, sometimes our role at 1110 is really building that business case 
and getting that user feedback from the end users so that they have a package to say, once we roll this out, here's the ROI, here's the metrics, here's the business case for how it scales. And I think sometimes because health systems are so financially strained, they are so busy with delivering great care that they do a great job at and uh, they don't have time to make that business case and don't have time to make that package. They're hoping someone else has made it. <laughs> so we, we, we spend yeah. a lot of time on that. And, and I will share a couple use cases that are incredibly compelling. So we run a process with health systems that we call demand-driven innovation. And what that means is that we are working with an array of clinicians or key opinion leaders or administrators or the CFO's office. And we are identifying areas of opportunity proactively without a solution in mind to figure out where there is is opportunity for innovation. And we ran this process across a few health systems and we we ran it in primary care and we were evaluating uh, chronic kidney disease because chronic kidney disease is very expensive to the system. Uh, Once you're on dialysis, the prognosis is bad. It's uh, it's not a good situation. And what we saw in analyzing the data, we we looked at folks that had coding, had blood tests that should have kidney disease. And then we looked at folks who were coded uh, as diagnosis for kidney disease. And we found that there was about a 60 to 70% gap of folks who should be diagnosed that weren't coming through primary care. Now, it was very early stage. And so, you know, this is nothing on the primary care diet. This is a tough thing to pick up. But if you can use technology to engage at that point in time and analyze real-time data to trigger and say, hey, you know, we should get them on the right therapeutic or we should flag them with, with training or we should put them on a digital therapeutic to engage them to improve that kidney disease number yeah. or send them an at-home blood test. So that's an example of we were proactively running our demand-driven innovation process and we found a very compelling business case um, that, that needed a solution. Another use case we have, it was, uh, it was actually with Metavis and an ARVR technology and it was for medical training. Um, so we, uh, during the pandemic, you know, Emory Healthcare has a, a massive medical school and the anatomy lab, uh, a lot of folks were going remote. So we were able to bring in ARVR technology. Uh, and there's actually a segment online we can, we can probably post with this where the students are talking about the value of ARVR and the engagement in that, uh, in that medical training. And, you know, the list goes on. I mean, we have a, we have a remote rehab where we did a program we have the Sports Performance and Research Center that has an ARVR program that is that is really driven for injury prevention and, and pain management. Um, so yeah, so there's there's no shortage of use cases. There's a gap in collaboration and partnerships to yeah. get those activated and, and scale. And you said something interesting with that first use case about the provider. You know, it was almost a, a passing thought, like no, not to the. This isn't to knock the provider that he didn't catch that um, with the the dialysis pa- patients, but you know, the, building that narrative for the provider so that they understand that these capabilities are not there to challenge. Um, their skills, but to augment uh, yeah. and support them. It really is that um, human intelligence plus artificial intelligence plus the right technology um, because we could probably talk a lot about uh, clinician shortage and burnout and the way some of these things as they're operationalized and moved into a clinical setting are actually alleviating burden off of these clinicians and not necessarily um, you know, there to, to tell them they're, diagno- they're missing their diagnosis or something like that, right? Yeah. Look, it if you are at a conference like this and you're a clinician trying to find technology tools for your practice, it's right out the gate overwhelming. You know, it's just, there's a lot out there and there's a lot of point solutions that, that it's hard to navigate. 
I think this is why partnerships are key and making those partnerships digestible uh, because it allows everybody to stay in their lane. So what you guys are doing with Cleveland Clinic, Cleveland Clinic is a master at delivering medicine. You guys are a master at infrastructure and technology, and a lot of your partners are a master at whatever those point solutions might be. It's going to make that very digestible. And our job at 1110 is to bring in those uh, those lanes and make it so that it can be spoon fed to the to the clinicians. And, you know, I think everybody in, in this room and everybody at this conference agrees when that is done successfully, the clinicians and the administrators are very grateful. They yeah. want to leverage technology. They want to provide better care. Um, it's it's just daunting how to get from the aspiration to do that to the execution and scale of doing that. Well, and it, they're not just solving for one problem. There's 50 that are on their, yeah. on their plate right now that they're trying to solve for with technology and resources, right? You, you know, and I just think about, you know, this whole idea of collaboration, you know, all the time that I spend in care coordination and helping with transitions of care, somebody leaves the, the hospital who's on Epic and goes to a skilled nursing facility, different EMR, now they're in home health, different EMR, you know, th those collaborations and those partnerships a better opportunity of sharing best practices, but sharing data, you know, so that we can better coordinate the care for our patients. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we've touched on how we're, we're working together. What are we exploring now? What, what new things are we talking well, about? Well, I've, uh, I'm really excited just hearing some of the things that James had mentioned that yeah. was going to be available with the new lab. And I'm already going through and thinking of some of the customers that, that we need to get you guys introduced to because I, I think one of the things that um, a lot of health systems are struggling with, like I'll go back to the, hey, there's no innovation without an ROI. Well, everyone's got a little different opinion but with that, but kind of where we're at and where we're looking for help is, you know, how can how can we use this partner ecosystem to help us build out that value proposition, right? You know, I love the one plus one equals 11 or 10 or <laughs> whatever it is. 15, really. <laughs> Keep going. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. we need that collaboration, right? Innovation, right. you know, is you know, it doesn't happen without collaboration. But, um, yeah, no, I'm just sitting here thinking about some of the different things that we can do together, um, some of the different things that we can enable with our infrastructure. And then with all the work and the consortium of partners you guys have already pulled together, that are utilizing 5G and experimenting with it, testing it out, what works, you know, where are we, where can we go with it? Hmm. That's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, and I'll build on that. So I think it's it's no small feat for us to launch this lab and the use cases we're building in this lab. So I'm, I'm grateful for that, and that's going to be a big win and something that we spend the second half of the year really activating. A couple other things. we uh, 5G was just turned on at the Emory uh, Healthcare Musculoskeletal Center. So that yep. partnership was led by Dr. Bowden through the 1110 ecosystem and the Emory Healthcare Innovation Hub. There is multiple surgical rooms that service skills lab in the Musculoskeletal Center and in the med school. And so the ability to have that 5G connectivity and start to ideate around use cases and prove the impact of those in a real world environment is going to be the real deal. So that's yeah. something activating that is key. And then we have another uh, program that's a partnership uh, between the Atlanta Falcons, the NFL team, uh, Emory Healthcare, and 1110 and, and Verizon. And that is really the Sports Performance and Research yeah. Center. That yeah. is a, a very, if you're in Atlanta, we'd love, to, we'd love to showcase that. But that is an area where Dr. Greg Meyer um, is running a clinic on the future of analyzing data for injury prevention. 
So those are just kind of three things that have fired off this year, yeah. uh, and there's going to be Very many, powerful. many more. So Yeah, exciting cool. stuff. Thank you so much for being here. It was a great conversation. Um, uh, what excites you when you're here uh, at Hims? When you come to a show like Hims, is there anything that piques your interest or uh, particularly jumps out as, hey, this is the future? Yeah, listen. You're seeing that every day in your life. Listen, I, I like <laughs> to think I'm seeing that every day, but I think just the sheer volume of folks here uh, putting energy toward improving health care yep. is something that is, is you know, it, it's overlooked, but it's also energizing. You know, uh, there's a lot of people here that want to do good. There's yeah. a lot of people that here that have a personal story like me and, and Gary that led them to healthcare. care. Uh, everybody knows someone that's impacted by the inefficiencies in the healthcare system. And yeah. so, you know, that motivates me. The hot topic here is really regener regenerative AI. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that is very exciting stuff and it's going to do a lot of good. I think a lot of the things we talked about with partnerships and collaboration and integration and connectivity upgrades and and, uh, and scale. Those are the things that are actually going to enable that. That's yeah. going to bring the data sharing. So, yeah. 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 We were talking earlier about kind of this evolution of the patient experience in this fragmented system, right? Um, and one of the things I get really excited about, I spent a lot of years in revenue cycle, right? Patient access, HIM, PFS. And... You know, of course, everyone knows the labor shortages that we have on the clinical side, nurses, doctors, but also on the, the administrative side as well, the revenue oh, cycle yeah. side. So I get really excited about seeing what folks are doing around AI with robotic processes, um, you know, RPA with NLP, because the position that our, our hospital customers are in, we need to be able to augment a lot of those fragmented practices, yeah. right? And, and, and we can do that today. So um, it, it's been a good show. Yeah. Because I would say, Gary, right now with the revenue hits that the health systems have taken through the pandemic, some of what we really need to help them do is not necessarily make more money, but to not lose any yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and, and to reduce costs. So those efficiency gains are really critical. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, Thanks, guys, so much for this conversation. We love our partners at 1110. Love the work that we're doing with you guys, James. We really appreciate you being here today. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Again, if you're at the Hymn Show 2023 in Chicago, please come by the Verizon booth 4048. We'd love to take you on a tour. We can show you that Metavis uh, augmented reality solution uh, and show you what that looks like. Really Really cool stuff. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or you can find the video version of this on our page on marketscale.com. Just look for Healthcare on Air by Verizon. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you later.